Happy Sabbath. It's a little cool, but spring is coming. And you live in an area of the country where spring does come. I lived in North Dakota and they only have two seasons. Winter, and winter's coming. And that's what they used to say when I got there. We have two seasons. Winter, and winter's coming. And I was in July and I had a funeral and the undertaker in Harvey, North Dakota looked at me and he says, Dennis, winter's coming. And it was about 32 degrees that day. So, Coffeeville sends their welcome. I'm sorry we were a little late getting to Sabbath school this morning, but, but this week has been a little bit of a trying week. My wife fell and broke her, her elbow, and we also got new carpet at the same time. So our house has been kind of tore up for a little bit. So we bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious Father, help us to find our security in you. Help us, O oh Lord, to recognize our insecurities and turn them over to you. And help us to find healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Insecure, part five of why you do what you, why you do what you do, part five. How many are insecure? I'm very insecure. We can be very extremely, this morning as we move on, we move in to look at the five sign, four signs of an insecure man or woman. You say, people say, what do you mean, four signs? Well, he listened to them first. They are dishonest. They are extremely introvert. They keep themselves safe by not being around people. Or, they're extremely extrovert. They're always making fun and laughing to the extreme at people's cost, at the cost of other people. Now, think about it for a moment. The next one is they are needy and they are bullies. They bully. Now, folks, there are many ways to what? Bully. And we're going to go there in a little bit. They are dishonest. They are outright lying, inflating his or her importance. Have you ever met somebody who tells you how important they are? You ever? You ever met those people? I'm so important, you wouldn't know, you couldn't solve a thing without me. They're insecure, folks. The insecure persons often cheats on their romantic partner, and they cheat in business. The fact is, the insecure person, they are needy. They need validation. They need acceptance. They lash out when they're not getting the attention they want, he or she wants. They're accusatory. And one of the best things they're at is deflecting his or her insecurities onto others. If you weren't so insecure, we wouldn't have this problem. You know what? They're insecure. But this morning, let's move on. They are bullies. The fact is, the bullying, the insecure man or woman believes, behaves like bullies are the most common example of insecurity, an insecure man or woman. 
Because they want to intimidate. They want to make you feel that they know what they're doing. However, the most people don't usually see bullies as insecure because of their tough persona they give off. I can take care of my what? Don't cross me or you're going to regret it. All of these spell out insecurity. And how many ways can we be a bully? Oh, I can use my strength to be a bully. I can use my intelligence to be a bully. You see, some people are so smart that they can outthink you, so they will use that to make sure you don't ask the question they don't want to ask. You can be a bully with your what? The way you look. You can be a bully with the words you use. Or just be a bully by the way you stand. And you communicate, don't mess with me. All of these are ways of showing it. And this is not just men that do it, folks. It can be a woman. And my wife tells me sometimes women are a little bit, a little bit harder to see the bully because they know how to hide it. This is what I hear. But this morning we're going to look at a biblical person who is insecure called Peter. Peter is insecure, folks. He's always running off at his mouth. What? Mouth. He's always coming up with an answer before he's thought it through. Peter. Peter shows himself an entirely different man after his conversion than the self-confident and boasting Peter prior to his conversion. Those are the words of Sister White. She said, Peter was different. He wasn't self-boasting. He was different after his conversion. This morning, before Peter's conversion, Peter, Peter lived with a fear of being too dependent, yet he feared being abandoned. That's a terrible place to be, isn't it? Too dependent, and yet fear being abandoned. That is a person who is insecure. And Jesus can heal that. But you first have to acknowledge it. This morning, the unconverted Peter is bold. And, I, and, and how many of you would ask God to let you walk on water? How many of us would think somebody who asked that was a little crazy? Because this is what he said. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Now, if you were the other 11 in the boat, what would you be thinking about Peter at this point? A little bold? A little crazy? 
The unconverted Peter is impetuous. He doesn't think things what? Through. And being and but seeing the wind, he became frightened and begin and begin beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? The insecurity came out, didn't it? He didn't trust Jesus. He doubted. This morning, you and I, I am guilty of it. I don't care. I will admit my faults. I am a very insecure person at times. And sometimes I'm the introvert. But a lot of times I can be the extrovert too. Peter is a combination of both. But he is bold. He's impetuous. The unconverted Peter doesn't think things through. Have you ever not thought something through and wish you hadn't done it? I love the computer, you know why? It has that little button it calls delete. But when I say something and I'm impetuous sometimes, there's no button in life to push that says delete. You gotta pay the what? The price. Jesus, Peter before his conversion was impetuous. Peter was impetuous. He moved without consideration. This is Peter. The unconverted Peter rejects the word. You see, when we are extremes, everybody thinks that oh, uh, we'll be very extremes is okay. But when I'm in an extreme, either extreme introvert or extreme extrovert, I have the greatest potential of walking away from Jesus Christ. Now, people say, well, what do we mean by that? Let's take a look at the Sadducees and the Pharisees for a moment. Were the Sadducees extreme one way? Yeah, they said they didn't believe the Bible. They didn't believe the Word. The Pharisees were extreme in keeping the law, weren't they? And who hung Jesus on the cross, folks? Both. You realize God's people... Realize, need to realize that our greatest places to be is facing the cross of Jesus Christ and staying in the middle of the road. From the time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised upon the third day. Jesus has explained to, the, to them all that he is going to die Yet this extremeness of Peter and boldness of Peter, he denies it. For unconverted Peter becomes defensive. defensive, defensive. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, that this shall, ever, ne- this shall never happen to you. Peter has already been told it's going to happen, isn't he? But it doesn't fit with Peter's picture of the Messiah. And he becomes very defensive and says, Lord, it will never happen. Now listen to the words that Jesus says next to him. The unconverted Peter needs a new mindset. And you and I sometimes when we're insecure or extremely insecure, insecure, introvert, extremely introvert or extremely extrovert, you and I are in danger of denying the word and having the wrong mindset. Jesus puts it this way. But he turned and said to Peter, Get what? Behind me. Who? He didn't say, Peter, get behind me. What did he say? Satan. See, Satan loves us to be insecure because we will do about things the wrong way. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but what? Men. When we're insecure, we can't put our confidence in God. Unconverted Peter thought he was going the extra mile. Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? You know, Peter thought he was being what? Generous. Seven times? How many of us like to say they did it once, they did it twice, and they're what? They're out of here. They're not going to do it again. But Jesus says to forgive them how many times? The unconverted Peter struggled with the seven. seven. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 490 times. Jesus, you see that, that Jesus says that secure person can forgive. They don't deny the facts. They forgive, folks. The unconverted Peter works his plan instead of God's plan. And I believe sometimes as a church, we work our plan instead of God's plan. We come up with a program to finish the work. God knows what it's going to take to finish the work. And he wants us to be a part of it. But we need to learn to work where God is working. Not where we're working. God's will versus your will. Spirit of prophecy brings out these words. Hitherto, hitherto, Peter had been inclined to act independently. He had tried to plan for the work of God instead of waiting to follow out God's plan. Notice that? That impetuous Peter, he worked his plan. Have you ever worked your plan? What you thought was God's will for it, and God wasn't in it? I watched a church one time deal with an issue. 
And that issue was a tremendous theological issue. And they dealt with it with an elder in the church. And we came to church one Sabbath morning after preaching in my other church and came back to that church and we figured that we'd come to church and you wouldn't hear any singing. Everybody would be all distraught. But because the Holy Spirit was leading that congregation, that congregation got up and sang that morning, that morning and never has quit singing like they meant it. Because they had dealt with an issue with kindness. But they had dealt with it in the security of the word. You and I cannot work our own plan. We have to let God work his plan on his time. And Peter was often trying before his conversion to work it on his timing instead of God's. This morning, the unconverted Peter was self-centered. And, it, 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 and Peter said it after they talked about the rich young ruler and he went away very sad. Peter said these words. Then Peter said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? Is that self-centered? Is that looking after self? Yes. But what about the power of God to heal? The unconverted Peter was self-sufficient. Peter said to him, even though all they fall away because of you, I will never fall away. The insecure person will never admit that they have a problem or the potential of having a problem. I have heard people say, oh, I, don't have, I will never have a problem in that area. And I guarantee you, they have a problem in that area. The person that says they don't have a problem in an area is often the person who has a problem in that area. And they don't mind saying it. Peter stood up and he said, no, I, I don't have a problem, Lord. I'm unwilling to die. Jesus tells Peter, the unconverted Peter is self-sufficient and lie, lie, self-sufficient and self-sufficient life opened the way for the devil, for evil. When I am self-sufficient and do not need help, I open the way. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like what? Separate you, sift you. Wow. Peter. The unconverted Peter tries to go it alone. He gets there in the temple. He gets inside the, tem the temple in the court, the hearing, he's there. And as he is there, he's there trying to hide yet his insecurity. He says, I'm going to stand with you, Lord. I'm never going to deny you, Lord. Peter remembered there he was. He tells that young servant girl, no, I'm not one of them. And the next one comes along and says, but you sound like one of them. 
And the last group says, you are one of them. And each occasion he what? The insecure Peter cusses and swears. He knew how to do that because he had been a fisherman. Kind of came a little bit easy for him for, for, for a second. Peter remembered the words which Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Peter. He had the idea of laboring alone. You know, that's good. You know, working alone is a good thing. You know why? I'm my own boss. How many of you ever said, I'm my own boss? The problem is that when you work alone, you get to thinking that you have what? And I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm, I have to confess. I can sometimes get more done by myself than having somebody help me. But God says to you, working alone is not good. Peter was this guy who could work alone. And God said, not good, Peter. In fact, is the spirit of prophecy puts it this way in evangelism. When one labors alone, continually, he is apt to think that his way is above criticism and feels that no one feels no particular desire to have anyone, anyone labor with him. God said the church needs people to labor what? Jesus never sent out one person by themselves. He sent them out two by two. And you need each other. In fact, but it is Christ's plan that someone should stand right by his side so that the work shall not be molded entirely by one man's mind and so that his defect of character shall be regarded as virtue by himself and by those who hear him. That's why God has called each of you to be a part of the church, to do a work. Because you're going to do it a little bit different than I say it. Or you're going to think it a little bit different. And we need each other. We need each other. Do you appreciate the difference of your spouse than you? You should. Because sometimes they're going to tell you you're crazy. Sometimes I get home and I hear, well, hon, you could have said that a little bit, what? Different. And she's right. Sometimes it's not excitingly accepted, but, but it, she's right. Paul, Jesus is saying here to us through the pen of inspiration, the insecure person likes to work, what? Alone. But he says, you need others to help you see that you're not quite perfect. You may not have it figured out all the right way. It's hard, but we need each other. 
the converted Peter would be would strengthen the church. Here's what he Jesus said, but I have I but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail you, fail and you fail and you when you once you have returned turn again strengthen your brothers tell your testimony tell how God has taken and healed you you see when we stay in our insecurities we can't tell our story we can't tell our fears we can't encourage someone else in their walk Because, oh, we're afraid. Oh, they all know too much about me. Well, you know a lot about me because I, let, I share it. God says each of us need each other to share our stories, to balance. In fact, the converted Peter learns to work where the Lord is working. In fact, it says this. Jesus bid him, follow me and do not run ahead of me. Then you will not have the host of Satan to meet alone. Let me go before you. That you will not be overcome by the enemy. Desire of Ages, 816, first paragraph. It tells us the beauty of a person who understands the extremes are not going to help you. He says, how many of us have worked alone, thought we're doing God's work, and found out he wasn't there, but the enemy was there to just really beat you up? And Jesus says to you and I this morning, I'm there. Let us work together. The converted Peter is a team player, and one of the stories I chose to illustrate this is when Jesus sent Peter and John in to prepare that Last Supper, the Passover. How many of you would like the instructions to walk downtown Tallahassee and you find a man walking with a briefcase, follow him and tell him the master has, wants to use his house for the Passover supper? How many would like that job? The insecure dentist would go, but Lord, I don't know that man. But the Lord says, just go follow. When you see him, go do it. What a team. But he played with a team player because it was Peter and John that went there. This morning, as we look at this insecure Peter, as he's finding healing, you will find that he starts working as a team player. The converted Peter needs to team up with, the, with, the, with an opposite. And it's interesting, the spin of inspiration has described it this way. He, Christ, did not connect with the mild... Beloved John, one of the same temperament. But he connected him with the ardent, impulsive Peter. He took the quiet John and he says, your partner's going to be big mouth what? Peter. And I can almost hear, hear John going, but Lord, he speaks before he thinks. And Jesus says, I know. You have a tendency to be Quiet when you need to what? Speak. So it's going to complement each other. And one of the things that my mother said about my, my wife and I, she said, 
one time, not too long before she died, and she lived to be 96 years old. She said, you guys are a good team. You complement each other. Not that we do not have our disagreements, but in the overall plan, you complement each other. And Jesus looked at John and he says, John, you need big mouth Peter. And he looked at big, quiet John and he says, you need quiet, you need, you need Peter. God wants his church to team up to go out and show the world a picture of Christ. Every one of us has that potential. Peter was a prompt and zealous in action, bold and uncompromising, and would often wound, Ellen White describes. In other words, Peter didn't quit having a big mouth, but God hooked him up with somebody who could help him. John was ever calm and considerate of others, feeling feelings, and would come after to bind up and encourage. Thus, the defects of one were partially covered by the virtues of the other. That's the same way in marriage. It should be. Okay? But here, in the work of the church, God says, you need, God's going to team you up with someone to help you, that you help them, and they help you. The converted Peter is considerate. In fact, is when he's preaching there in Acts chapter 2, really quickly, he is there. She describes it this way. And the Bible describes it. When they had heard, heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Peter learned to preach it just enough that brought conviction but not to the point that he destroyed. So God was using him and those around him to balance him because Peter before went too far at times. The converted Peter is no less bold. In fact is Peter stands before the Sanhedrin and he basically just tells them the way it is. And Peter said to them, Repent, each one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your, your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's bold. He says, You have blown it. But there is what? Hope. The converted Peter is decisive. And I love the fact that he is decisive. He stands there in the Sanhedrin and he said, Let it be known to all of you to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you what? Is that bold and decisive? He's decisive. He's saying, you guys killed the Messiah. And the odds of him walking out of that room is what? Zero. But he is telling the truth in a decisive way, whom God raised from the dead, and by this, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Wow. The converted Peter is not intimidated. We know that. 
He is the stone which you rejected by, rejected by you, builder, builders, which became the chief stone of everything. Christ is the chief stone. John converted Peter. He's insecure. He fears to being too dependent or being abandoned. His greatest need is security. Greatest strength is controlling. Greatest weakness, over-controlling and intimidating. I had a church member one time, he and his wife, wasn't my church member, he actually belonged to another church, Adventist church in town, and um, he came to me and talked with me, and he went, um, he had a problem, and I I, and as he talked, I said, you're just over-concerned. You're, you're, you're loving them very much, too much. And he came back after he had gone to a counselor I talked to him, he got him to talk to, and he says, I like your words better, she said. You said I was over-loving. She said I was over-controlling. And the words were really over-controlling. But, Peter was not a team player either. I want to be a team player, don't you? I want to be a team player at Tallahassee, at Crawfordville, but I also want to be standing where Jesus wants me to stand. But I need to recognize my insecurities because it will cause me either to be quiet or it cause me to be offensive. And neither one is what? Healthy. We can stuff it and explode or explode. And, and, but you know what the same result is? Have you ever taken the pressure cooker and took the lid off too soon? Or running that pressure cooker dry on water, what happens? You get it hot enough, long enough, and it blows up. You take and run a steam engine out of water, and you have just sent the engineer and the coalman to their grave. Okay, and I'm going to express it this way. When we allow the extremes of insecurity, extrovert or introvert, they are, one blows up on one side real easy, the other one blows up when he's pushed into a corner, and guess what? The stuff is all over everywhere when it's finished at both extremes, and no one is helped. I want to stay where Jesus wants me to stay and find my security in him that those are helped by working at my life, they see Jesus. That I can work with others so others can see Jesus. This morning, what happens when Peter is converted? He heals a man. He defends the word of God. He is secure. He is bold but considerate. He is in charge, working where God is working. 
He's a team player, and he's not an intimidator, but he is an encourager. I want to find so much security in my relationship with Jesus Christ that I am an encourager. I want to find so much security in my Jesus, I'm a team player. I want to find so much security in my Jesus. I am working where God is working instead of working my own plan. I want to find so much security in Jesus. I'm bold for Christ, but considerate of who I'm talking to and where they're at. When I have my security in Jesus, look out world, they're going to see Jesus. Don't you want the world to see Jesus this morning?